So, hello my friends and welcome to the podcast. This is episode 39 that we're going to call The Great Liberation. Yes, The Great Liberation because we all want to be free. And we all want to experience what it means to be liberated. And in a time when we've experienced a significant level of containment and restriction, then I think the idea behind liberation becomes ever more important. Which gets me to thinking, what are the sort of things that you do in life that enable you to feel that sense of liberty or or freedom? Uh, For me, it's getting out on the bike. Yeah, Van Moof rider, e-bike, just a real joy to get out in the open air and experience the freedom that comes from just driving, riding around and enjoying the fresh air, going through the country or riding around the city. Just a great sense of liberation that comes with that. Or on holiday, getting on a jet ski and just letting that jet ski thrash across the waves, being tossed here and there and holding on for dear life, but um, absolutely exhilarating, full of fun and freedom and that sense of liberty. Because I think deep inside each of us, there is an understanding that we should and desire to be free, to live freely, to enjoy liberty to break out of containment and restriction which of course can come to us in a whole manner of different ways. Now the Bible goes to the heart of what the idea or the concept of liberation is all about and it does this in numerous ways but one of the stories that tells it most fully and enables us to see it really clearly is of course the liberation that the Israelites experienced when God through Moses led them out of Egypt and took them on their journey to the promised land. The story finds its essence, finds its heart, finds its cry really in Exodus chapter 2 where it says during that long period the king of Egypt died. Now The people had enjoyed some level of freedom in the land. Um, They'd enjoyed some of the prosperity that came with that. But slowly over time, as the leadership of the country changed and as the population of the Israelites grew, um, the fear of the Egyptians increased and they started to oppress them and really did turn them into their slaves. So the Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. And God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Because God is always concerned about our slavery, our restriction, our containment, because For those who, like we each are, made in the image and likeness of God, are meant to live in the freedom that God intended for each of us, 
when the cry of our containment, of our slavery, of our oppression goes up before God, then God is concerned for us. And he was concerned for them. And God's concern takes the shape and the form of a man named Moses, who ultimately becomes their deliverer. And many will know the story only too well of how that happens and how through the actions of God, the plagues are brought on to the Egyptian people. And eventually, eventually, they are liberated and they are set free and they make their way out of Egypt and move towards the promised land with a few miracles along the way to make their freedom secure and real. He delivers them because they're slaves, they're captured, they're contained, they're constrained. And God is concerned for each of us in our captured, contained mentality because we as people are meant to live freely and we are meant to exercise that freedom towards other people. We are the liberators. We are with God meant to set people free. Every time we act in a way that causes us to feel less than this, every time we feel that sense of capture or containment, it reminds us that we are not as we are meant to be. Sometimes our anger, or indeed our silence, when we speak out of turn, or when our silence betrays our complicity with a situation, all of these things remind us of the pressure bubble in which we often live that keeps us contained, complicit, captured, rather than free. These things remind us that we're not as free as we ought to be. But God comes as the great liberator. He comes to liberate us from our fears and our failures. And that liberation comes ultimately as a result of us appreciating and living in the freedom that has been bought for us through the central act of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And that liberation comes to enable us to engage fully with the world that God has created. Freely, freely you have received, Jesus said. Now freely, freely go and give. So what are some of the ways in which we really need to feel and sense liberation in our lives? Well, let me just suggest four simple ways in which we can and indeed need to be liberated or live in that sense of liberation. Firstly, there's the need for us to be liberated from what I'm going to call the sense of unknowing. Secondly, liberation from the fear of dying. Thirdly, liberation from the grip of evil. And fourthly, liberation from the power of sin. So liberation from the sense of unknowing, what do we even mean by that? Well, the great liberation story of the gospel is that we can live 
with the revelation of who God is and how God has acted in the world. In other words, through Christ, the veil has been removed. The darkness has been taken away. We can actually see God's intention in the world and how he acts in the world through the revelation, the birth, the life, the death and resurrection of Jesus. In Colossians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul says, verse 25, I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in all its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul's saying that for ages and generations the mystery of God was held back. It was veiled, if you like. There were certain ways in which glimpses were extended through the people of Israel and how they related to God on their journeys and on their travels and how God manifest and made himself real to them through the temple structure and the sacrificial system which became a sign and a symbol of God's ultimate intention to bring heaven and earth together. So we see glimpses of that, but ultimately the mystery is kept hidden for ages and generations, but it is now disclosed, it is revealed, the great apocalypse has happened, the unveiling has come, because Christ has been revealed. And so there is a great sense of liberation, of ignorance, of ignorance of knowing what the world is about, our place in the cosmos, the reason why all of this exists, because that is personified and embodied in Jesus himself. You want to know the way that God is? Well, look at the life of Christ. We want to know what is his intention in the world? Well, he is reconciling all things to himself through Christ. This is the great story of liberation that God has come through Jesus to set not just you and I in some individualistic way, although he has come to set you and I free, but Jesus has come as the liberator of the cosmos to create a new world order, to build a new humanity, to give birth through his resurrection to a new way of creating and being in the world called new creation. And so we are liberated from the sense of unknowing because the great disclosure, the apocalypse has happened. We see in Christ God's intention for the world. The second sense of liberation that God brings to us that we should ponder and consider is this liberation from the fear of dying and death. That what we experience now in terms of taste and sight and hearing and touch, those senses that are familiar and common to us, that that is not all that there is, that 
death is not the end, that in fact death has been conquered through new life and that this is verified and proven to us through the resurrection of Jesus as he becomes the firstborn from among the deads, from among the dead. Now, one of the realities of the past months has been around a growing recognition, I think, of our own mortality. Wherever we happen to be in the world, none of us are exempt of the reality of COVID and the coronavirus and the amount of life that this particular virus is taking. And along with the amount of life that the virus is taking, the degree of fear of death that it is instilling into us. Particularly in the West, we're so used to living with a sense that we have the power to control most things. And yet now we find ourselves in a moment in time where we're not so sure whether we do have that control or if we can create that control, how quickly we can create it through treatment or through vaccine. And so there has been a real sense of fear around this ultimate enemy that we all face, which of course is our own mortality and the fear associated with death and with dying. And we need to recognize and understand that. In Hebrews 2 verse 14 it says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. And so this ultimate fear that we all have, this ultimate restriction of mortality that we all face, finds itself dissolved in the message of Jesus. Because Jesus comes not only to live the perfect life, the sinless life, not only come to embody and demonstrate to us the heart and the nature of God, but also to authoritatively and conclusively and eternally deal with the power of death, which is held in the hands of the devil by breaking him who holds that power, the devil himself, through his sacrifice upon the cross. And so we are liberated from the fear of dying because we understand the message of eternal life and the truth that through resurrection, God in Jesus is making all things new and we become part of that new creation in the here and the now. And we ask ourselves, how do we engage in the process of new creation in the way that we live and act as those who are followers after him who was the firstborn raised from the dead? He liberates us from the fear of dying. The third liberation that is worthy of our consideration and our thought is the fact that God comes through Jesus to liberate us from the grip of evil. In 1 John 3 verse 8 it says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. 
to conclusively deal with the nature of evil in the world through an act of sacrificial love and sacrifice upon the cross and engage with him a body of people who would join with Jesus in the process of seeing the nature of evil destroyed by following Christ into his death, by living the sacrificial life, by laying down our own lives. And in the laying down of our lives, we see the nature of evil, the grip of evil destroyed, because as we lay our lives down, we pick a new resurrection life up that embodies and demonstrates and lives out the life that is the opposite of evil and selfishness and hatred and anger and jealousy and bitterness and rage and malice and, and, and we could go on. And that rather embodies a new life the life of new creation that speaks the language of love and grace and truth and mercy and forgiveness and redemption and life. And so we are liberated from the grip of evil through the authoritative death and resurrection of Jesus as we are born into new life. And the final liberation that's worthy of our consideration is that we are liberated from the power of sin and the authority of sin in and over our lives. Now the question then is how do we enter into that because it's a much easier thing to say than it is to live. So what are some of the steps to freedom and liberty that allow us to put flesh on the bones, if you like, allow us to practically express these truths that we are referring to and talking about today. Well, a few simple thoughts as we come to our conclusion. We need to recognize that firstly, through the cross, God has worked in redemption to save the whole of creation. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. For God so loved the world, the word there, world, means cosmos, that God had a paternal love for the whole of his created order as the cosmos, and through the cross comes to bring redemption to that cosmos, including you and me. Secondly, to invite the work of redemption through Jesus into our lives so that the new creation, what God is doing in the world, starts in your life and in my life now, today, at this moment. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And thirdly, to learn to live as a person of freedom, both through the hope that we have, 
but also through the choices that we make. Life pulls us in two different directions and it's important that as we live in the freedom that Christ gives to us, that we make the best choices out of that freedom so that we truly do live as liberated people. And so we have the power to choose, power to embrace that freedom and choose life over death, choose love over hatred, choose peace over war, choose sacrifice over self-interest. And as we make those choices, then and therefore we live in the freedom that Christ brings. And we'll never become a person of freedom until I think we learn how to become a person of peace. We need to find peace with God, and peace with ourselves, and peace with others. Again, Paul writing to the church at Galatia says, you my brothers and sisters were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. So may God help you and me to live in the freedom and the liberty that he offers to us. May we take the wise choices and steps that we need to take to truly enter into and experience that freedom. And may we, each of us, be engaged in the wonderful story of liberation that goes on quietly in this world and sometimes not so quietly as we cry out for the liberation of the oppressed the freedom of the marginalized and the hope and the realization that God's love and truth and grace reaches down into every heart and every life in every nation in this world now. And may you and I become the agents, the ambassadors, the messengers of that liberation for as we experience it ourselves, we are then positioned to offer it through the word of our testimony to those who can also become the recipients of this wonderful message of liberation that is embodied in the person of Jesus. So my friends, may we enjoy the message of the great liberation. May this be our experience day by day as we yield our lives to Christ and follow after him in wholehearted devotion. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. And I trust that until next time, we gather together in this way that grace and peace will be with you.